to Talk Dogs. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Good evening. It's the last game of the season for Aberdeen tomorrow. But after Wednesday's 1-0 defeat by Hibs, it means that there's very little for the Dons to fight for on paper. But boss Stephen Glass expects his team to give 100%. It would be great if we could do it. Uh, that That is the aim. We're going to go there try to win a game of football. Uh, like I say, we know... We know what we're up against, but we do believe we've got a we've got a group of players that are hungry that are going to try and go there and win. So it'll let us see again some of the players' mentalities, what we've got for next year. But I've been quite consistent in the fact that the attitude has been phenomenal since we walked in the door, and I don't expect anything different at the weekend. North Sound One, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike and I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. Let's um, sadly look back on the Hibs game first. Hugely disappointing result, but really that same old story of not being able to take the chances after some good possession and then it just kind of fizzled out, really. Absolutely. It was a sort of microcosm of the, the latter part of the season, really. I mean, I was looking back over the season and looking for positives, as you would expect, uh, and unfortunately I had to go right to the very start of the season Ignoring the the first day defeat against Rangers, but we then went in a run of six successive victories, conceding only one goal uh, in that period, and then sadly from there it all went downhill. And it, as you say, Wednesday was just so typical of the way things have gone this season. We did create some decent chances. Callum Henry should have scored in the first half. Uh, Lewis Ferguson had a header that the keeper had to save. Unfortunately, you're looking over the 90 minutes and saying, how many times did Matt Macy bail Hibbs out? And you're thinking, he didn't. You only had a couple of routine saves to make. Um, Camberry missed a chance in the second half where he should have done better. And... The goal, it was an excellent strike from Christian Doidge. Maybe Gary Woods will feel that he should have done better with it, but it was a good hit. There's no getting away from it. And there are decent side hibs. And a lot of the time, you know, Kevin Nisbet, for example, who's been excellent for them throughout the season, was absolutely anonymous in the game. And the only time I realised that he was on the pitch was when he, he was withdrawn in the mm. second half. Martin Boyle, who had, has been a great outlet for them with his pace down the right-hand side, was well shackled by Jack McKenzie. So from the defensive point of view... It was solid from Aberdeen, but unfortunately, it was all perspiration and no inspiration up front. So, um, it's a work in progress. You can see that there are changes to the way the team plays, but there's still an awful lot of work has to be done on the training ground or with different personnel to realise the dreams that, obviously, Stephen Glass has for his team. Yeah, it was definitely a different approach for the Dons in the, in the way they played. But as Andrew said, they're the similar outcome, really. And uh, a real shame that just learning to take some of those chances, or maybe create a few more real clear-cut opportunities when things are going Aberdeen's way. And that was really the, verse, the first half an hour or so, really, I think. Yeah, I think we created enough to, to be able to take at least one of the chances. So, I mean, creating the chances wasn't the problem, but taking them... Mm. Unfortunately, as it has been for quite a number of uh, a number of months now, that that was. And uh, as Andrew said, Callum Hendry, you know, he, he admitted himself he should have done better when he ballooned the ball over. And we did have other other chances as well. But Matt, Matt Macy won't have a more comfortable ninety minutes, I'm yeah. sure, uh, this season or next. 
Of course, Sibs do like to play on the break. They're a very fast team and it almost kind of was set up nicely for them, Andrew, especially when they got the goal. Yeah, um, as soon as they get the, the goal, they've got something to hold on to. They can sit back, invite Aberdeen on to them, uh, which they did to an extent. But they were always dangerous in the break. And it, it was actually a reasonably open game of football. But you just the longer it went, you just thought, you know, the Dons aren't going to score here. And that, as we say, has been the story of the latter part of the season. And you can almost go back to the injury that Marley Watkins suffered to see where things started to go wrong for Aberdeen going forward. Um, that opening six victories that I mentioned, you know, we were so full of confidence that it was a good-looking squad. Uh, we still had Sam Cosgrove to come back from his early season injury. Uh, Scott Wright was there. He was linking well with Ryan Hedges. And there was so much optimism. But then we came back from Norway having beaten Viking Stavanger 2-0 and we were just totally useless against Motherwell. Yeah. There's no other way to describe <laughs> it. You're 3-0 down in 20 minutes to Motherwell, for goodness sake. And there was... Uh, and that's just sort of deflated everything that had been built up beforehand and we were never able to, to recover that. Yeah. Um, and when you've... You look at the the number of games we've played this season, 45, we've lost 15. We're losing one in every three games. Yeah. I mean, that's not what we've enjoyed over the last eight, nine years, eight years uh, since Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty came. There were injuries. There were players who left um, on the final day of the, of the window who weren't adequately replaced. And it's been a struggle ever yeah. since. And I think... It, it says a lot for them, to be honest, that they managed to finish fourth. Yeah, I mean, actually, we're going to talk about the Rangers game, of course, but I think before that, let's just sort of touch on pre-season because it is just around the corner. And before we chat about it, let's get Stephen Glass's thoughts on pre-season because preparations will be underway. And the temptation with COVID restrictions easing, albeit today we know that Glasgow uh, will remain in level three along with uh, Murray. But... Uh, Temptation is there to train away, but Stephen Glass says his side are going to be staying put. We've got a great facility here, so I think this year more than any other, I don't see the sense in taking the group away. Uh, even if you go to England, Ireland, you don't, you can't plan right now based on what the rules will be, is what we'd be guessing. Uh, we can control what we do at the facility we've got here. Uh, we can alter the environment here to suit ourselves, uh, so it's important that we use everything that we can do that helps us build for next season and I think staying here gives us that best opportunity Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Rangers in a minute David, first of all, pre-season is absolutely massive for the Dons isn't it? It is and uh, as there's going to be a fairly wholesale clear out, you're quite sure in the next week or so we'll, we'll know the details but players coming in and I think Stephen's absolute that's the logical and sensible idea because as he says, you, you could plan something for pre-season and then it would be all thrown into disarray with a, something that's happened uh, between now and, and now and then. Yeah, and Celtic of course are still receiving brickbats for that uh, <laughs> ill-fated Dubai trip but uh, yeah. no I think absolutely right it's a huge pre-season and at Cormac Park they have got all the 
everything they need to prepare properly and uh, you know, sensible. Yeah, and in terms of signings, you mentioned Marley Watkins. He was released earlier today by Bristol City as well. He's uh, just this afternoon been released. And he's a player that we've said many times uh, we feel that Aberdeen missed when he left. There was also rumours today about J. Emmanuel Thomas Jett, who weirdly we talked about last week and uh, about how he blows hot and cold. And I was... Almost, and no one will believe me now because it's a bit late, but I was almost at the point of saying I just wonder if he'll be a signing target uh, contract and sure enough, that's the talk today. So a couple of players there. We know Declan Gallagher's coming in. We know Scott Brown's coming in. It is going to be a season, pre-season of changes. Uh, Marley Watkins, though, do, do you think, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because Stephen Glass is a new manager coming in. Derek McInnes obviously had Marley Watkins in, but is he the kind of player that he's going to be looking at, do you think? Um, I would hope so. The stumbling block will be the financial situation because he's on uh, a much, much higher wage at Bristol City, um, or was. Uh, he's been released, as you said. Um, and it just depends on, you know, the agent and the player, um, how much they are going to demand how much he would like to come back to Aberdeen because I think Marley enjoyed himself up, up at Pataudry. He, he certainly gave that impression every time you spoke to him and he, he played a big, big role in the, the early season success. Uh, so, yeah, he, he would be one that would fit the bill, I think, more than uh, Big Jet, who, as we've said, <laughs> you know, Jet looks like an absolute world beater for 10 minutes every month and then looks like a donkey for the next three months. Um, uh, but, you know, he's 31. He's yeah. not the most mobile. He's got ability, there's no question of that. I mean, he, he came up through the ranks at Arsenal, but his career trajectory has been downwards since then. And I, I think it, it just doesn't fit the profile of player that Aberdeen, I would expect to be looking at. Because you would think that... If you're bringing someone in, you've got to be thinking in two or three years' time, what can I sell them on for? Mm. Now, Jet, with the best will in the world, when he hits 34, looking at him at 31, he's not going to have a big resale value. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Marley Watkins, a possibility. Clark Robertson was being mentioned. Yeah, um, big rumours this week. And, yeah. and the, was he at the game the other night as well? There was there was talk that he was actually there. But, I uh, certainly never I saw that, him again. I'm in the opposite side. Uh, as am I. I'm well away from, from there. But um, a... Obviously, from here, a family here, and well, all the rest exactly. of it. So there's I mean, a connection. He's, he's got the, the fam, family connections here. Um, and Clark has. You know, he's fought back from injuries. He's, he's done well down south. Um, again, it will depend on the, the financial demands uh, on Aberdeen if they were to try and get him. But I think the, the most important thing is we've got to get some strikers in. Mm. I mean, Bruce Anderson, I understand, will return from his loan uh, with Hamilton. There's talk of Michael Devlin being given a six-month contract because Stephen Glass wants to, to see him when he's fit. I mean, Michael Devlin, when he's fit, is a very good player. Um when he, he had that run injury free he fought his way into the Scotland squad and played for Scotland that tells you the calibre of player that he is um, but unfortunately he seems to be absolutely dogged by bad luck and injuries but if they can get him fit and I'm sure Michael would be Knowing the type of character that Michael is Dave he would want to repay Aberdeen for the faith that they've shown in him and the, the hard work that's been done to get him fit again, he would want to repay them by staying here to play. Yeah, and, and even the fact that uh, if it, the, the rumour is true that Stephen is going to offer him a, a short-term contract, that 
again shows a bit of duty of care, as we did with Tommy Hoban mm. by offering him when Watford were quick enough to release him. Um, Aberdeen gave him the training facilities because he got his injury wearing an Aberdeen strip. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think a fit, fit Michael Devlin is an excellent centre-half. Unfortunately, the last season and a bit for, for poor Michael has just not been not been great at all. Yeah. But, uh, he's certainly at an age that he can bounce back no problem at all and hopefully work his way back into the international setup. Yeah, it is. It's going to be huge in pre-season in terms of the signings. That is absolutely for sure. Uh, and of course, uh, there were some, well, there was some news today on uh, Don's assistant manager, Alan Russell. He's left his coaching role with the England national team uh, over a road traffic accident involving his brother. The English FA say that Russell has agreed to leave his post before the Euros. Aberdeen say the coach will be given a chance to redeem himself with them for a serious error of judgment boss Stephen Glass was asked if he was aware of the incident before the news broke hey, my personal take goes along with the club statement I, I was aware of an incident but like I say I'm, the club statement's the club statement and I don't need to be adding to it Alan's a, a big part of the staff here at the club no doubt in Alan Russell's uh, pedigree, Andrew, with England, obviously uh, a hugely high level and it's he's certainly, a, from a, a footballing point of view, a massive asset for the Dons. But Stephen Glass, really not an awful lot else he can say on that when he's asked. No, I don't think there's very much else that any of us can say. Uh, I think the club statement covered the, the situation. Uh, obviously, uh, as the, they've said, Alan Russell made a serious error of misjudgment um, and he's he's got to work harder and harder with Aberdeen uh, to redeem himself if he can find and nurture two or three strikers who score 50 or 60 goals and have us absolutely waxing lyrical about these strikers next season that'll be redemption Yeah, and I, and I guess that's what it's all about it's uh, from a fan's point of view is what happens on the pitch I was just going to ask Andrew is that 50 or 60 goals per striker or is <laughs> no, that no, no. Uh, don't get too greedy <laughs> <laughs> if they are they won't be lasting at Aberdeen very yeah long. I was going to say 120 <laughs> goals between <laughs> the strikers last, so. that would be uh, that would be sort of football manager stuff football fantasy kind of stuff right let's get the thoughts now of former Don and current Cove player Fraser Fivey he caught up with Graham who asked his thoughts on the Don season and the upcoming pre-season as well. In terms of Aberdeen's season, um, obviously Derek McInnes leaving after so long at the football club, it's going to be a big turnaround and a few changes. Um, I thought Derek done a fantastic job at Aberdeen um, throughout the years. Now it's obviously in a different era with Stephen Glass and looking forward to it. Um, but in terms of the season, I was actually thinking to myself the other night, Aberdeen's finished fourth in the league Fans haven't been too happy with results this year, but still the other night when they play Hibs, they're fighting to get third. Um, and if you finish third, it would have probably been a successful season. So it's a, it's a difficult one. Aberdeen are, haven't been great this year, but again, they've still won games to get themselves fighting for third, which obviously Hibs have secured now, but they finished fourth. It's still a decent position in the league. Um, but really looking forward to next year and I want to see hopefully the, the recruitment that happens this year throughout the summer with Stephen Glass I'm sure he'll take in his own players and um, with a certain style of play about him as I said I've mentioned this before that I think he's really going to try and play football from out from the back um, so I, I'd imagine he'd go and get them types of football players 
and, and looking forward to watching them next year. Yeah, he does make a good point. If you ask a do- if, if you had a time machine, Andrew, and you went back to any time between sort of 95 and 2010 or 2012 even and said to a Dons fan, you'd be disappointed finishing fourth <laughs> uh, with a game to go from third, you know, um, that, they would probably take that. Uh, they would um, <laughs> change days, <laughs> change days, change the expectations as well. I mean, they, for all the the criticism that Derek McInnes got latterly, uh, he did get Aberdeen back up to the the right end of the Scottish league tables, and uh, fourth is looked on as being a little bit disappointing. But that's because we've we've been second so many times, um, but we've been fourth the last couple of years um, last three years in fact um, behind Kilmarnock, behind Motherwell behind Hibs and they, I think it's it's indicative of um, you know f- how much it means to, to some of these other clubs that uh, Stephen Glass made a point of saying you know we've got a very noisy dressing room next door to us on Wednesday night, he said that shows how much it meant to Hibs but look at these sides Kilmarnock they're in danger of being in the relegation playoffs, Motherwell are bottom six, and Hibs have been a yo-yo team in, in Scottish league football over the last decade. So Aberdeen's consistency, if nothing else, tells you that it's not all doom and gloom. It hasn't been a good season. There's no getting away from it. Um, there's been far too many lows uh, and not enough highs. It hasn't been a pleasant watch more often than not, um, which may have been different had there been fans in there but there have been occasions where you thought at the end of a game thank goodness there's no fans here because mm. what a racket it would be with the boos if indeed there were still fans in the ground come the yeah, end of the game um, but uh, I think there's there's enough op- uh, good news coming through that, that gives you a bit of optimism for next season but it is a massive season there's no getting away from it uh, the honeymoon period Whatever honeymoon period there was for Stephen Glass, uh, I'm sure he himself will ex- accept is over. Um, he's got to create a blueprint and get f- players to fit that blueprint and hit the ground running at the start of next season. Well, he's got one more game to go this season and it just so happens to be Rangers who are looking to finish their season unbeaten. We're going to talk about Rangers Aberdeen in just a moment. <laughs> It's Rangers at Ibrox tomorrow for the season finale and boss Stephen Glass says that ruining the home side's party is not his focus. There's an opportunity for us to go and, and play a game against the team that's proved to be the best in the country this year. So it's a chance for us to go and test ourselves in that environment against that group of players. Uh, we know what it means to them to win the game, so it's important that we try and get the three points, which is always going to be the case when we go there. Uh, spoiling parties and things like that is a byproduct of winning a game of football, which is which is our aim at the weekend. North Sound One, Red Friday. Yeah, final game of the season. It's uh, Rangers at Ibrox and often with champions, with teams that have won the league, when you play them after that, you feel that you've got a chance, Dave. But the difficulty is that it's the party day for Rangers. It's not just that. It's the fact that they can go the whole season unbeaten if they don't get beaten. Yeah, and I'm not sure that Aberdeen fans would agree with Stephen that... uh it's just a byproduct to spoil the party. No. Uh, um, it's going to be very, very difficult because they have been, like it or not, 
by far the best team in the country. And, yeah, I mean, look, looking at it on paper, Andrew, it, you, you have to say you don't see anything other than a, a Rangers win, if we're being perfectly honest. But it is a one-off game, and you do have that sort of, hmm, what if kind of thing. <laughs> Can it happen? That is the heart rule in the head, isn't it? <laughs> I think um, so. Uh, it's the blind optimism of a football fan <laughs> that, yeah, we might just... <laughs> just if, if we do this, if we do that... Um, as you say, on paper, you look at it, Rangers, 18 successive victories at home, 53 goals scored, four conceded. I mean, <laughs> it, it's a, they're phenomenal numbers. There's no getting away from it. And they will want to, to be able to say, we've had an invincible season. They haven't. They've been invincible in one of the three competitions, that are the four competitions that they took part in. Um, and it is a little bit different to, to Celtic's you know, invincible treble. They won the Scottish Cup, the League Cup and the League without losing any games at all. You could say if St Johnston win the Scottish Cup, they've had an invincible Scottish Cup season. Or Cup season. Uh, or Cup season indeed. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it doesn't take away from the fact that, as Dave said, they've been far and away the best side in the country, averaging three goals a game at home uh, and, you know, it's sweeping aside everything that's been put in front of them virtually. It's an almighty difficult task for Aberdeen tomorrow. But it's 11 v 11. Uh, games aren't played on paper, they're played on grass. But it will it will take a superhuman effort from Aberdeen uh, to get anything out of the game tomorrow, to be perfectly honest. All the odds are stacked against them. Let's get the thoughts of the fans then. Our fan reporter, Graham Watt, has given us his thoughts all season. Let's find out how optimistic Graham is about tomorrow's game. Yeah, Mike, normally I'd say I'm looking forward to the Aberdeen game this weekend, but um, I'm not sure how this one's going to go. I think Rangers will be far too strong for Aberdeen. They'll want to keep that invincible season going. Um, they've won game to do it against us, unfortunately. It's the title party day, so they'll be really really on a high Aberdeen will need to be fully fully switched on um, you know every single player on that Rangers team will be wanting to score get on the score sheet so um, I think it's going to be a busy afternoon for either Woods or Lewis whoever's in goals um, but hopefully we can withstand it and just stay strong um, I think a lot of fans are just glad that this is the last game of the season and it'll be over it's been a bit of a, a stop start season for Aberdeen you know we started so well and then things sort of fell apart. You know, there's been signings, we've lost players. We've, um, it's just been a very difficult season for everyone, I think, Mike. And um, I think we can all agree we're glad just to see the back of it. Um, but if Aberdeen can go there tomorrow and maybe just put a little dent in the party, I'd be happy with that. But um, as I say, Mike, I'm looking forward to the summer now. I just want to see Aberdeen, you know, back to where we, where we should be because it's been a, a very difficult time. Um, and it'll be a busy summer for Stephen Glass and Alan Russell. Uh, obviously, we've got Gallagher coming in. We've got Brown coming in as well. So I'm looking forward to see who does come in, who else comes in. And let's just try and end the season as positively as possible. But I, I'm struggling to see how we will. Um, I think they'll just have far, far too much for us. It's been great being part of the Red Friday team. I've enjoyed my first season on the show. And um, thanks for taking me on board, guys. And I'm looking forward to it again. Yeah, I mean, it is, as Graham said, a mammoth task tomorrow, Dave, against Rangers at, Ibro at Ibrox for the final day of the season. But um, the one thing that get the, the one thing for me is Stephen Glass, Glass's tactics, because Derek McInnes, I would have imagined, would have gone 
probably more defensive and, and, and sort of just really made sure that defensively everything was sound. With Stephen Glass, he's playing this kind of slightly different football, playing it from the back, which has worked in parts and it's worked in moments, but not certainly in every game. If he goes with that mentality tomorrow, my concern is the space that that opens up, especially for the wing-backs. Yeah, and uh, me too. I mean, uh, it's uh, the one thing Derek was obviously accused of being far too defensive, but you know, you're going, we've heard the, the stats, the number of goals they've scored. Unless you get yourself organised defensively, it's going to, first and foremost, it's going to be very, very difficult to uh, stop not just the, go- the goals, but the floodgates, I would uh, hesitate to add. But yeah. it's good. I mean, I hope. I hope we're all wrong in the way we're speaking about tomorrow's game, but it's just I can't, I can't see any factors, given the way the season's gone, other than Rangers coming away with three points. And which, then we- as you all, you two know. I'm the most uh, glass half full person <laughs> in the world, but uh, yeah, this is a one-off. This my, is a collector's my, my item. Glass broken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the, the weird thing is, though, Andrew, you look back to that Celtic game when Stephen Glass was in charge, second game in charge, and you you went into that and you thought, oh, this could be tough tonight. This could be a real tough one. And, and what was it? Three seconds from a win. So. Actually, albeit it's Celtic on a weird season where it does just don't know which Celtic's going to turn up. It's not the same with with Rangers this season, but. There is still something there, and this is the football optimistic fan perspective again, <laughs> but if they can get it right, if they can get the, the tactics right, the way they played against Celtic, they were right in their faces, they managed to kind of really push them. If they can do that early on and, and maybe sneak something, then maybe there's something to defend and, and, and it's a different game. Yeah, um, but you're right, it's a blight optimist once again. Was that convincing? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, 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 sorry, okay. you didn't convince me in the slightest because unfortunately um, Celtic and Rangers have been two totally different animals this season. Uh, Celtic have been there for the taking so often. Um, Rangers have taken everything that's been put in front of them and swept it aside. Um, so I think, you know, you're right that... The tactics will dictate how the game goes, by and large. The two wing-backs for, for Rangers, um, I'm a slightly concerned with Conor McLennan at, play, being played at right-back. Uh, we I'll, saw it in the game the other week, didn't we, where, where there was a couple of moments where he just, against looked, Livingston. Little, against yeah, he just looked yeah. a little bit kind of unsure. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a short spell, but you, you can't have that against yeah, Rangers. No. Also, on Wednesday night, there was one time, I can't remember who Hibbs player behind him, and he just had lost... Yeah. Uh, was uh, it Deutsch? Or, I think I it was remember. Josh Doig, yeah. Oh, uh, Josh Doig. Mm-hmm. Conor just... And it showed his... Understandable inexperience. Mm. It's not a position he's particularly used to, but he just lost his marker completely, yeah, and we were luck- he, lucky not he, he to lose the goal. He doesn't have a defender's vision. Um, you know, they almost have to have six pairs of eyes. Well, you've got those wing backs playing the, the way that Stephen Glass is playing. Of course, Rangers have a kind of almost a mirror of that with their wing backs, and the problem is the Rangers wing backs are used to that. They've been doing it all season, oh, yeah. even if it's the not the first two. Any of them that come in there, they're so used to playing like that, and it's a new system for the the Dons players. So you can kind of understand it, but that's a real potential problem. Yeah, um, over the other side of the park, I'm not quite so concerned. I I think Jack McKenzie has stood up to every challenge that's been thrown to him. Um, He got a wee bit of criticism, uh, the way he played against Big Jet down at Livingston, Mm. but I thought it was quite clever. 
I'm not going to win the ball in the air, but I'll win the second ball off him, uh, which he did by and large. Uh, Jack won't be in the least bit phased about going up against James Tavernier tomorrow. He'll yeah. relish that that challenge. He had a good game the other night as well and was he, stuck he into everything. I mean, yeah, it was certainly well, above the players. He was I mean, one. I mean, Martin Boyle, as I said, you know, has been one of the, the standout performers for Hibs. He was rendered, you know, impotent by Jack McKenzie on, on Wednesday night. Um, it would be very interesting to see if Stephen went with Calvin Ramsey, who is more defensively minded than than Connor, um, up against the likes of Ryan Kent. Because mm. Barisic didn't play on Wednesday night and I don't think we'll play tomorrow. Um, so it was Joe Aribo who played... I mean, he's no more a left-back than flying air. <laughs> but you don't have to be <laughs> a left-back at Rangers, do you? Um, so a... It'll be interesting to see what the, the team selection is, um, but as I said, everybody's got to be absolutely at the top of their game and you've got to be switched on mentally throughout the 90 minutes because Rangers' movement is first class and you cannot afford to have players, like we said about Connor, not being aware of what's happening around about him. You've got to have 15 pairs of eyes in your head and you, you've all got to communicate with each other as well mm. um, to, to make sure that you close down space and prevent pockets of uh, opening up because Rangers have got the players who can definitely punish you if you if you don't do that. You do feel it's a huge game for the central midfielders as well for Aberdeen because the amount of work that they are going to have to do defensively but also if Aberdeen are going to have a chance of a, a goal, uh, given the wing-backs that Rangers have as well there is the potential of cancelling each other out but you've got these you've got the central midfielders and it's going to be up to them to sort of find those pockets yeah and uh, Lewis Ferguson and Dylan McGeech are going to have a, a big job in their hands um, and I know Lewis has been playing slightly further forward but Dylan as the anchor man mm. he's been pretty impressive he saw a lot of the ball on Wednesday saw a lot of the ball against Livingston I thought he was Aberdeen's best player against Livingston apart from Ryan Hedges with his Super cameo role, uh, and also I, th- I think we talked earlier about positives from the season. I think the aforementioned Jack McKenzie and Calvin Ramsey have been mm. two of the you know the emergence of young talent for the future have been something to get quite excited about. And I, I mentioned on Wednesday night uh, on commentary that. I don't. Th- I don't think there's a better tackler than Jack McKenzie at the club. Well, I mean, uh, Andrew Considine said that um, in an interview talking about Jack McKenzie. He said one to one tacklers. He said there's nobody in the club that's better than Jack McKenzie, and he's for a 21 year old. He's he's a very clever boy, but he's he's a very mature, down to earth boy. I mean, he's very quiet. I mean, off the, off the field, off, off the field, yeah. the silent assassin is his yeah. nickname because, I mean, it, he goes about his work quietly, but see if you rail him, <laughs> Jack just turns into well, you, well, you saw, devil. You saw a moment in the game on against Hibs where he sort of, you know, you could see that kind of fire in him where he was obviously frustrated at, at, at where things were going, and he just went for it, and it was quite, it was quite good to see actually. I quite like it when a footballer actually gets that riled up to actually react and, and really go for it, and he's definitely got that in him. Yeah, and I mean, he's a bit like Graham Shinney to be honest in terms of his outlook, you know, the, the way he approaches the game, you know. If, not not afraid to die. doesn't get as many bookings thankfully as Graham <laughs> did, thing. or still does uh, but uh, no I've been most impressed with him and uh, you know we've known for, you've watched him coming through the, the yeah. ranks and for the under 18s he's been a player that's been getting so many mentions and dispatches all positive that uh, you know it, 
was no surprise that he got his new contract and he has emerged as a, a real contender for regular first team football next season. Great opportunity next season for him to be in a team with the likes of Scott Brown as well because that, I mean, what a learning curve that'll be for him as well. Absolutely. I mean, the. He, his trajectory I mentioned Jets going, being down the way after <laughs> Arsenal but Jack McKenzie can only get better uh, and you can see if, if he continues to progress the way he's done uh, in the last 18 months two years he'll be knocking the door of Scotland squads because he, he's that good a player um, he's not the biggest uh, he'll probably be aware of what shortcomings he's got uh, but he's a guy who will knuckle down and work his socks off Uh, and when he gets the the experience of a Scott Brown playing inside him uh, you know you can rest assured that he will take on board all the experience that is passed on to him and make himself a better player but Dave's absolutely right one of the the positives from this season was seeing Jack, Calvin, uh, Miko Vertonen, Mikey Ruth, Ryan Duncan all get first team debuts Mm -hmm. and you know there's a promising looking group of young players who I've seen playing for the under 18s this season and there's a, a few of them who've a bit to go yet but they they show the promise that uh, suggests that in years to come we'll be able to have more and more academy groomed youngsters coming through which is the the way forward for a club like Aberdeen Yeah absolutely and uh, of course it is the final game of the season tomorrow it's Rangers Aberdeen at Ibrox 12.30 kickoff. Red Saturday will be here in Northside 1 from 12 to 4 tomorrow slightly different time so that we can bring you all the latest Uh, let's get the thoughts of another Dons fan now it's Ali Begg who Graham spoke to to get his thoughts on the final game of the season Ali the season is nearly over one more game to go hopefully Aberdeen can end it by putting a little dent in the title party what have you made of Aberdeen's season this year there's going to be a lot of changes in the summer isn't there let's not beat about the bush here it's been a hugely disappointing campaign the football on display at times has been eye bleeding stuff too many sideways passes and then a lump up the park where inevitably the ball does not stick we lose possession it's just been painful to watch but you're right, Stephen Glass has a huge job on his hands with rebuilding this squad. I am pleased that Declan Gallagher is joining us, as well as Scott Brown, who I think will add much steel to the dressing room. It's been a difficult year all round, but what I will say is that the club behind the scenes has done a phenomenal job. The Aberdeen Community Trust has gone above and beyond and deserves every accolade which comes their way. Everybody connected with the Trust has shown a great deal of care to those who needed it the most in what has obviously been a very challenging time for all of us. So I will take a great deal of positives from that. In regard to Saturday, of course I'll watch and I'll cheer the lads on from afar. But if you're asking me if I'm looking forward to the game, I've got to be honest, not really because I fear what might happen on the day. But listen, it's not going to stop me getting right behind the lads. It would be a good and positive way to end the season. And let's be honest, we need to finish on a positive note. And also, I've got to be honest, I personally will not judge Stephen until he has his own team and players and stamps his own authority on the club. So let's hope we can finish on a positive note. Good point about the Community Trust, Andrew, which has done some great work. There was a really brilliant and moving video that they did. Actually, there was a couple, but there was one recently that they did, uh, which I thought was particularly good, um, and really well filmed, really well. The story was really good as well, and just shows the impact that they have on, on young people around the North East. Yeah, the Trust has, has done a phenomenal job, as Ali said there, and Dave and I were proud to play our small part uh, last summer, delivering food parcels. Um, the still-standing free camp 
campaign was, um, you know, a resounding success. And that has been one of the major positives for the football club this season has been the work done by the Trust, which, you know, cannot be underestimated. Yeah, and you were involved very much as well, David, remember? When you were you were part of that, and like many other people, out delivering parcels and, and helping people that really needed it at that point. Absolutely, and it was uh, quite a humbling experience, and people were so grateful just to get to get uh, yeah. basic food. And I, I also managed to get through without a flat tire, unlike somebody that's <laughs> yeah, that cost me 150 quid. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a flat; it was an absolute out and out bus tire. It was gone. It was gone. <laughs> but yeah, no, they, they stood up to the plate, big style, yeah. the trust, and they do a wonderful job. Yeah, there's some really great people involved as well. Now we are going to talk more about the game tomorrow, but it's also the final Red Friday of the season, which means it's the final beat the pundit of the season and we are going to have to have one more round uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute it's time to talk football it's time to talk dogs north zone one red friday it's that time where we play beat the pundit and if i'm right in my calculations andrew it's um it's very close with one game to go it's all square um because <laughs> fraser beat dave 5-4 last week Leighton Rafferty, oh. wasn't it? Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's, it's Fraser who's up against you this week. Yes, that's it's Leighton right, yeah. Rafferty yeah. beat you 5-4. You probably get the score wrong as well if you get the name no, wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> nice try. Um, <laughs> you scored three, by the way, but you still lead our private thing. How, by, by how many with one game to go? Um, by eight. By eight? Yes. So it'd have to be a capitulation if I wasn't of to win it. epic proportions. Okay, all right, well, that's good. That's good to know. Um, all right, then, let's find out this week. It is Fraser Fivey that you're up against, uh, Dave. So let's find out what Fraser Fivey's predictions are. He spoke to Graham to get his Beat the Pundit predictions. Yes, Mike, taking on Dave tonight for the final time this season is former Don Fraser Fivey. Fraser, first up Saturday's games, Hibs versus Celtic. Your score predictions for that one? I think with Hibs and Celtic, Hibernian will definitely have one eye in the cup final. So I'm going to go 3-1 Celtic. St Johnston versus Livingston. St Johnston, Livingston, obviously St Johnston are on a real high just now, had a really good season um, under Calum Davidson. They'll also have one eye on the cup final, but I feel the they're a really good side and so I'm going to go 2-1 St Johnston and the final game of the season for the Dons Rangers versus Aberdeen how do you see it going Fraser? Rangers Aberdeen is going to be a really good game of football I think um, but Rangers this year have been absolutely superb and I can't see them um, taking their foot off the gas at all just for the last game I, I think Steven Gerrard wants his players to be ruthless and I, I do think that Rangers will win the game probably 2-0 Moving on to Sunday, we have Hamilton against Kilmarnock. Hamilton, Kilmarnock's going to be a, definitely a cagey affair, but Hamilton always seem to get a result on, on these kind of days, so I'm going to go 2-1 Hamilton. Motherwell against Ross County. Motherwell County, um, both got nothing to play for, really. So I couldn't imagine that game will be too exciting, but I'm going to go 1-0 Motherwell. And finally, St Mirren against Dundee United. Again, St Mirren, Dundee United, both teams, nothing to play for at all, but I really like the way Jim Goodwin manages his side. I think he's proven himself to be a really, really good manager in, in the Scottish Premiership, so I'm going to go 2-1 St Mirren. North Sound 1, Red Friday. 
Okay then. Uh, first of all, we should say that Ross County have quite a lot to play for tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say somebody, somebody go and tell Fraser, or put Fraser up to to Dingwall and just go into that dressing room and tell John Hughes your team's got nothing to play for. To be fair, matter. do you know what I think that says? I think it says that Fraser Five has been so committed to Cove's cause this season that he's not he's not had time to. to oh, check I'm it sure out. after the heartbreak of uh, Tuesday night, he probably mm. wasn't interested. In what no, exactly. Elsewhere, you're, you're probably no. right. Let's look at the games tomorrow then. Uh, Hibs Celtic. Uh, I'm going for 3-0 Celtic St Johnston Livingston Well St Johnston is still suffering from Covid uh, matters and also with as Fraser said the cup final one I'm going to 2-2 Okay and then it's the uh, well the big one Rangers Aberdeen Yeah for the first time in history I'm going to go against Aberdeen and I hope I am wrong I really do but 2-0 Rangers Okay on Sunday it's Hamilton Kilmarnock 2-1 Hamilton as Fraser predicted Yeah uh, Motherwell Ross County 1-1 and then St Mirren Dundee United 1-1 Uh, Andrew, let's talk about the games because there's quite a lot to talk about, particularly Sunday, but we'll talk about tomorrow first. Um, Let's get the the Rangers-Aberdeen one out of the way because I know this is going to break your heart to give this prediction because I know what it is, but what do you think the score is going to be? I'm sadly having to do the same as Dave and go (laughs) against the Dons for the first time ever. Um, Normally, when in our heart of hearts, we think, you know, we've got no chance in this game, we'll go for a draw. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... um, I can see Rangers, as Fraser said, Stephen Gerrard will demand that they are ruthless. Yeah. And yeah. I can see them winning 3 0. Okay, uh, Hibs against Celtic. That one, I, I think, could end up uh, a high scoring draw because Hibs have got a decent home record against Celtic. And although they've got an eye on the cup final, the players who will be selected, assuming that there's a wee bit of rotation of the squad done, will be desperate to try and show Jack Ross that they should be in, in his cup final plan. Very true. So I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw there. And Celtic was very little to Nothing play for to play now. for, and really. New, no, no announced manager, players outgoing. Yeah, you know. there, there's, there's going to be a bigger clear out at Celtic Park than there is at Pataudry this season. Yeah. This uh, season. The, uh, did we do St Johnston-Livingston? No, we haven't. St Johnston-Livingston. Uh, I can see that being a share of the spoils. Livingston will make it difficult... St Johnston um, there's, there is the, the possibility of finishing fifth which could get you into the cup uh, the, the Europa Conference League rather yes. um, but St Johnston have got the bigger prize of the, of the Scottish Cup to, to play for uh, but they're good enough to get a 1-1 draw OK, on to Sunday then. Hamilton, who are uh, all but down uh, they are at home to Kilmarnock oh, th- oh, they're, they're not, I mean all I have to do is win 9-0. <laughs> oh, right, OK, it's sorry. So, My mistake. I, I've got 9-0. <laughs> to you know, be, to no, be perfectly <laughs> honest, the way Kilmarnock season's been, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> you uh, say that. Now, you talk about capitulations, um, <laughs> that would be the one that would... It would it would have an inquiry straight away. As yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. Well, let me um, rephrase it then. Hamilton against Kyle Lafferty. What's the score going to be? One one. Okay. Uh, Motherwell <laughs> at home to Ross County, and uh, I mean, uh, despite what, <laughs> what Fraser Five was saying there, it's a massive game for Ross County. It this is, one. and I, I think that they've got enough about them that they can go and do what they did earlier on in the season and win at Fair Park. I can see them edging it two one because really Motherwell don't have anything to play for, mm-hmm. uh, whereas as you say, County. The, they desperately don't want to be in the, the playoff game no. uh, and I think they'll they'll get a result there OK and then finally Sunday at St Mirren Dundee United that one doesn't have anything riding on no. it at all <laughs> uh, and I think uh, 
I agree with uh, what Fraser says. Jim Goodwin has had an excellent season despite the disappointment of two semi-final defeats and a last day having their top six place taken away from them. I think they'll finish the season in a high with a 2-1 victory. OK, uh, Dave, the other game, of course, tomorrow is the playoff semi-final. Dundee Wraith Rovers, uh, Dundee have that 3-0 uh, head start, of course, from the first leg, so... Thoughts on that? Yeah, John McGlynn saying the tie's not over, but to, to be honest, I think it probably is. That's uh, very optimistic. Certainly, if, unless Wraith got an early goal to they give them... They need a couple of early yeah. goals, really, to put any sort of pressure on Dundee. Dundee, and... Dundee are a decent side, so, yeah. and they've got the experience of Charlie Adam, and uh, Cummings is doing well for them now. Yeah, well. getting goals as well. Uh, so, well, this is just about it for the season for Red Friday, but just as a... I mean, I would say let's assess the season, Andrew, but I think rather than do that, what's your hopes for the pre-season and going forward for the Dons? Well, I mean, there's going to be new faces and it's all about how quickly everybody gels together and, as I say, manages to to fit into the blueprint that um, Stephen Glass is laying down for them. Uh, A big, big season ahead for Aberdeen because it's going to be the strongest top division for a long, long time. You're going to have Hibs, Hearts, Dundee United, Aberdeen, Rangers, Celtic all in there. Motherwell will still be there. St Mirren, an improving St Mirren will be there. Uh, We don't know who's going to be coming up. Well, we do know that um, Hearts obviously are coming up. St Johnston fast improving side it's going to be a tough tough ask next season absolutely we'll be here tomorrow Red Saturday 12 to 4 myself and Cheryl with all the update it's time to talk football it's time to talk Dons North Sound 1 Red Friday